Come back, baby! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and a taco of all ages, yes, it's true. I'm back. NZ17 is bringing you a brand spanking new episode of ASO Radio. This is episode 124, and we are kicking it live in the new year, 2009. If you're listening to this episode in the future, though, pretend that it's the new year, even though you're in some wacky futuristic situation. Anyways, we've got a bunch of exciting stuff for you this episode. As a matter of fact, I have a huge backlog of stuff, so there's no worries about me running out of material to cover in the next bunch of episodes. However, for this episode, we already got everything all planned out. First, we're going to be doing our community section, a.k.a. the fan mail section, uh, within which we will be reading any and all fan mail that we have received. Uh, We'll be going over our anime DVD poll results, and also mentioning some upcoming changes to the ASO Radio website at nz17.com and NZ17 Productions in general. Uh, Then after that, we're going to cover the anime reviews for this episode, which will include Showbits and Lucky Star. Then we're going to kick it with some anime news, because we like bringing you all the latest headlines. Then we're going to wrap things up with a couple of Nintendo DS reviews, and if I'm filling up to it, we'll even do something special over in the hot spot. So you know that this episode is jam-packed with goodness. So stay tuned, keep your ears open, and listen up. Okay, then let's go and see what we've got for our community section. Probably should think of a snazzier name for that. But nonetheless, let us go forth, sally forth and all that jazz, right? Let's see. Let's talk about the results of our latest ASO radio poll. We uh, put up polls on the ASO radio website at www.nz17.com slash ASO radio. And this poll, which we recently concluded, asked... How many anime DVDs have you bought in the last six months? 44% of people responded said zero. Zero? Really? Come on, you can't be that poor. Either that or you're a lousy, rotten, stinking thief. Oh, okay, maybe maybe you just couldn't afford those shows, or maybe you watched them all over at your friend's house, but come on, people, if you don't buy DVDs and manga and merchandise and plushies and backpacks and music CDs and the large array of goodies, then how can we possibly encourage more anime to be made? If they don't get money, they don't make anime. Simple as that, right? Alright, 11% said they've bought one or two in the last six months. Uh, Three to four DVDs have been purchased by 22% of those who participated in our poll. And a whopping 22% have bought 10 or more DVDs in the last six months, which have featured anime. And I have to say, bravo to you guys who have bought so much. After all, the more that's bought, the more that we get, right? Plus, it's always nice to have a nice big collection of high-quality, good-definition videos of all your favorite shows. So, congrats out to those folks. Anyways, if you go to nz17.com slash Radio, we have a new poll going up, which simply asks, what is your internet connection speed? We're a bit interested to see how fast people's connections are, so we can determine how 
long it takes them to download our episodes. All right, let's see what else we have going on here. Uh, according to my mystic bag of knowledge, we need to talk about updates and we need to look at some fan mail. Let's go ahead and do fan mail last day. Eh? Uh, first, coming to the website, we're going to be seeing a change on the way that the ASO radio website looks. Uh, a little bit of rearranging. We're going to make the page more compact. We're going to make navigation easier. The basic color scheme is going to change as well to a more blue orientated thing. I actually really like this new design that we're, getting, that we're coming out with. Uh, it's hard to say when that will be released. But uh, the preliminary design is finished, and we will be finishing up that design and beginning to implement it in the coming weeks. So look forward to an updated look on Acer Radio, which will make finding and downloading the show much, much easier. Uh, oh, and our integrated player will be much more prevalent and easy to use. So first-time listeners will have an easy way of finding their way around, and long-time listeners will definitely be able to find the features they want even faster. Uh, also, I'm bringing back the mailing list that we used to have called What's Up at NZ17 Productions. It seems that people really like that feature and miss it, and so we're planning on bringing that back. Of course, every issue of What's Up will include news about ASO Radio, but it will also include news about all the other updates and interesting things that are going on at NZ17 Productions, including the comic strip V the comic, and the anime reviews super site AnyFanatico. I recommend that if you need to find out what's good to watch, that you check out AniFanatiku, as our friend Warp Shadow has compiled over 600 different anime reviews at this point, and I believe over a 100 print reviews, which include books such as manga compilations. It's a very impressive site, and you can find it at nz17.com forward slash AniFanatiku. And, of course, to get to any of our sites, you can go to nz17.com and use the convenient navigation features to get to them instead of remembering all these numerous addresses. All right, so we've basically gotten to the end of our community section, so now would be an excellent time to go and read some fan mail. Remember, if you want to send in fan mail to the show, just visit our website. Let's see, the first one is from Joshua Gay, subject... Uh, GNU mailing list podcast, uh, oh, play OG podcast that always uses OG. Now, let me explain. ASO Radio is actually distributed in two audio file formats, MP3, which basically everyone's familiar with, and OG Vorbis, a less known format which actually produces higher quality sound in a smaller file size. And so we put our show out in both MP3 and OG Vorbis so that everyone can go and download in their favorite format. The MP3, which plays on almost anything, or the higher quality Og Vorbis, which is also great because it is patent and royalty-free, and therefore nobody needs to pay any money to use it, and so your audio is always free if you do. And free is in freedom, is what I mean there. Anyways, Joshua Gay wrote... Dear NZ17, thanks a lot for your submission of ASO Radio to our listing of shows which play in Og Vorbis. This is a great addition to the list. I've added it. 
So if you want to go and check it out, if you go to the Play Aug campaign, you can go and find Acer Radio on a long list of various sites that use Aug Vorbis, but we are definitely the only anime podcast on that list. So it makes me feel a bit good that campaigns manager Joshua Gay from the Free Software Foundation would have us on such a prestigious list. Next up, we have an email from Kyle Aber who does the Big Bald Broadcast. Kyle is an anime voice actor, in case you were wondering, and yes, he has been in a bazillion things. I believe one of his more famous series is Full Metal Alchemist, actually. Uh, recently, I wrote to Kyle asking if he would like us to play the Big Bald Broadcast's promo clip on ASO Radio, and if he would like to do the same for ASO Radio on his show. And he writes... Hey, NZ17, thanks for writing in. I'd be happy to do a little cross-promotion. I attached our promo, so feel free to send one for your show. I can drop it in a future episode. Appreciate your support. Rock on, Kyle. Well, rock on, Kyle, if that is your real name. I deeply appreciate you going and being willing to promote ASO Radio. We'll be working on a promo clip for you to add to the Big Bald Broadcast. But as for this episode of ASO Radio, we will be playing your promo at the end of our community section. So, everyone look forward to that. And I believe, yes, we have two more fan mail. Uh, this one is from the Zencast team. Subject, ASO Radio on Zencast. Zencast, of course, is the um, uh, Creative Zen, an MP3 player. Uh, they have a companion site for Zen users to easily find podcasts. Their email says, Congratulations! You have recently submitted a new RSS feed to the Zencast directory, which has been reviewed and approved. You can now view it at the Zencast website. For the ultimate user experience, a Zencast subscription on your button on your website is highly recommended. Simple, easy, blah, blah, blah. Feedback about our service. We wish you success with your audio podcast channel. Keep it up. It's worth it. Kind regards, the Zencast team. Well, Zencast team, thank you for putting ASO Radio on your Zencast podcast listing. Uh, it is great to know that we can reach even more people. As a matter of fact, I've been active in the past few months adding ASO Radio to several anime and podcast listing directories. Hopefully this will go and help us find our way out into the hearts and minds, and importantly earlobes, of several new listeners. So if you have a creative Zen, now you have an easy way of going and adding ASO Radio to your Zen's podcast download set. And if not, well, it's still a cool website to check out. Though I don't think I'll be putting the Zencast subscribe button on the page. We've got enough of that on there as it is now. Now we have one from Daniel Elliott of Otaku Forever. Subject, guest appearance on Otaku Forever. Hey NZ17, first let me apologize for taking so long to get back to you. My life has been very disorganized for the last several months and I forgot about your email about being on our show. We would love to have you be a guest on Otaku Forever. We record live on Friday nights currently and we record our program on a site called Takshu, which of course Acer Radio has experimented with in the past. In case you are not familiar with this site, this means all you need is a telephone to come and guest on our show. Let me know when would be a good night for you to come on, and we'll make it happen. Thanks, from Danny. 
Well, it's appeared that in the last few months, Danny and Cohort have not been putting out episodes of their show very frequently. And unfortunately, as my internet access while I am at college slash university in my current setup is not a very frequent or reliable connection and when it is it's in a library setting and I don't think that's the best time to be yapping my big gab about anime topics so I won't be featured on Otaku Forever anytime soon but I would like to encourage those who need even more anime podcast audio in their life to check out Otaku Forever on TalkShoe.com I know at least Warp Shadow of our Anifanaticu sister site is a big fan of the Otaku Forever show and I've listened to it before and while I must say that I do think Acer Radio is better, I am a bit prejudiced in that regard. So, anyways, that wraps up our community section. If you have any fan mail that you would like to go and send into Acer Radio, or any news tips or other information which you think we should be knowledgeable about, or if you have an anime podcast which you would like to cross-promote on our show, feel free to visit our website at www.nz17.com forward slash Radio and use our fan mail feedback to go and send us a fan mail, which we will dutifully read on the air. Of course, if it is full of uh, expletives, swear words, bad stuff like that, we probably will use some sort of creative editing, but otherwise we like to keep things here as fresh from the source as possible. Well, now I think that we've talked enough about community updates, let's get our anime review on. We interrupt this eargasmic gornogovia of pure audio wind to shamelessly promote another podcast. No, no! A big, bald broadcast. But what makes it big and bald? The Big Ball Broadcast brings you news on all things geeky, movies, gadgets, games, cartoons, and anime, and other random fandom. You're fired. I'm fired. Get out of the booth, Jack. No, I like it in here. But what makes it big and bald? It's hosted by big, bald anime and video game voice actor Kyle Hebert and his co-host, musician and upcoming author, Otherworld Steve. Oh, you must smell like feet wrapped in leathery, burnt bacon. Subscribe via iTunes or visit thebigballbroadcast.blogspot.com. Our first review of this episode is going to be from Chobits, so let's go ahead and start off the review by playing the opening theme, Let Me Be With You.
last time that we talked about Chobits was back with DB3 on episode 122 of ASO Radio. And at that time, uh, he was not very impressed with, I believe, the third disc of the show that had up to episode 12 on it. Uh, we reviewed it together, and I agreed with him that it wasn't the strongest moment in Chobits. Well, now having seen the rest of the series, I can say that Chobits is a very lopsided series. Now, don't get me wrong, I really like Chobits, but what I mean by lopsided is that the first half comprises mainly of lighthearted little stories and Chi and Hideki getting to know each other better and Hideki coming to terms with what Chi is as far as Chi is not a girl, but he thinks of her as one. And so it's lots of comedy, lots of situational stuff. And then we get to the 4th, 5th, and 6th DVDs, which contain episodes 13 through 24. And it is at this point that things take an abrupt turn in how they carry out. All of the hinting and drops of this and that that we got in the earlier episodes are all brought forth to the forefront and explored in great detail. Some might even say in too much detail. And so we find out about Chi's past, and we find out about the apartment manager's past, and we find out about uh, Hideki's friend's past, and the pasts of the person that uh, Chi has a part-time job with. And basically everybody's story ends up getting explained in these last bunch of episodes. Now, don't get me wrong, I started to get really excited with all of these revelations happening everywhere. On the other hand, though, they really crammed so much into such a short amount of space that you don't really get to absorb it all. And it just flies like a torrent towards you and sweeps you up in the waters of the plot updates. And so, um, I mean, all the characters are great, but not only are you swept up by all of this new information, but things take a turn for the more uh, serious and the more bleak and it uh, is just almost night and day with the first half of the series, which is very light on just about everything. And then things wrap up at the end, we get a very sweet ending, and all in all, it was a very good time to be had. Uh, but nonetheless, it would have been much better if we had had a moderate amount of information given to us over the course of the entire 24-episode series instead of having it all crammed together into the last bunch of episodes, particularly when you get into the final four. So, Chobits is uh, a great show. As a matter of fact, you'll find yourself really loving the characters and wanting to see more of them. The voice acting in both the Japanese and English versions of the dub are uh, both quite good, but since I had had uh, quite enough Funimation stuff, I decided to go and switch over to the Japanese track. As, uh, for example, uh, the voice of Hideki, I believe, is the voice of Shigure in Fruits Basket, and it's just kind of hard when you listen to someone for too much to place that voice with another character. Uh, the music, as you heard the opening track as an example, all of the music is actually quite good and quite nice, 
but it would be nice if there had been a little more music to the series than what was given. As far as replayability goes, well, Chobits really plays itself on the mystery of Chi's past and the past of other people, and so once everything's revealed, it's kind of hard to have any replayability as the mystery is gone. It's kind of like Love Hina, in that there's all this build-up about the mystery in Love Hina of who the promised girl was, and then once you find out, well, then the mystery is gone and it loses that certain punch. However, Chobit has adorable character design and um, just all in all is a fantastic series. So while it is a shame that the show wasn't more balanced, in the end it is still a fantastic piece. And so I'm going to give episodes 13 through 24 of Chobits a highly recommended. I would also like to take this time to note that we will not be reviewing the 7th DVD of Chobits, as the 7th DVD is comprised of simply a recap episode where they talk about the events that has happened in the show, and then a special Sumomo-focused episode where Chi runs after Hideki because he forgot his wallet, and then Sumomo and uh, the other little Chobits character uh, runs after Chi because she forgot to put on her underwear before leaving the house. So, yes, I don't suggest checking out Volume 7, but if you do get... Uh, this show as a box set, then I suppose it would be fine to watch it, but I wouldn't recommend going out and buying the seventh volume of the series just to complete the box set, as it's really just a waste of your money unless you can get a fantastic deal on DVD 7. So in summary, Chobits gets a highly recommended rating from ASO Radio. And since we're going to be reviewing Lucky Star on the show, here is the opening theme song from the show, Moteki Sailor Fuku.
Well, now that we've gotten that semi-concathonous intro music out of the way, what is Lucky Star? Lucky Star is a show which will seriously divide anime fans into two camps, those who hate the show and those who love the show. I fall into the camp which hates the show, but this is ASO Radio, and I try to treat every review fairly and try to see what audience a show is made for and how much that audience would love it. So I will not go and merely cast this show off as being some terrible waste of time without going into details about what the show is and explaining who may actually enjoy this. So who... Who out there will enjoy Lucky Star is, quite simply, if you like cute things and you like absurdist observational humor, then you will love Lucky Star. It has a Seinfeld-esque sense of humor, which takes a look at everyday life and tries to point out the funny little things about it. And the plot line is exactly as that, as it is merely about the lives of the four girls, which are the main characters of this show. Uh, You have one girl who is a super otaku, who has a super otaku father. Uh, They spend time playing dating sim games together, and... um, watching anime, reading manga, and she basically doesn't do any schoolwork. Then you have two twins, which are fraternal twins, who couldn't be more dissimilar from each other when it comes to personalities. Uh, One is an overreactionary hard worker, and the other is a cutesy shy type. And then, of course, you have the fourth character, a girl with long, beautiful pink hair, who is supposed to be the Moe character, who does not know what Moe is at all, which makes the first character I mentioned insanely jealous of her because she feels that she gets all the attention because of her Moe-like aspects and becomes quite envious of her. So this show uh, has very unbelievable characters, and the situations are actually quite boring and mundane. Uh, Things like eating lunch and going to karaoke and talking about hanging out and then studying together are the plots of this uh, show. So this is definitely not somebody who is looking for in-depth stories or believable characters or anything besides stereotypes and archetypes for the character roles to occupy. That said, if you like to go and hear characters talk about the best way of eating chocolate cornets and other miscellaneous things, then your time could not be better spent, as Lucky Star has cute girls who are supposed to be in 11th grade but looks like they are elementary school students going about and having adventures with each other, uh, going and eating fries and uh, drinking sodas, and basically being friends and doing the things that friends do. Uh, So in that sense, it's very cute and succeeds on that level. Now, uh, for my personal take on it, uh, the Japanese and English both were quite good on this release. 
I found myself preferring the Japanese dub, but then again, that is due to me um, tending to watch those in general anyways, as I'm trying to use anime as a way of learning Japanese, and it's actually going somewhat well. Uh, so either way, you can't really go too wrong on Lucky Star, though I think that the Japanese dub is a bit better, especially as these characters are quite Japanese in their way. Uh, the intro music is not as long as the version we played on this show, which adds to its charm to be sure. Um, this is actually the, the opening animation is the highest quality animated part of the show and features the most effects and a choreographed dance scene involving all of the characters. Uh, so in that sense, it's quite good, but it's also a bit disturbing that they felt the need to pay special attention to the physics of the character's chest's movements. Um, it seemed very peculiar to me that it would be such a cutesy show, but then would go and do this, at which point I realized that Lucky Star is a show a bit confused about who it's going after. It seems on the surface to be centered around uh, girls who like cutesy things, but then things like the this um, attention to uh, chest animation seems to go and target the male audience, and it seems to flip back and forth throughout the series as well. I'm not saying that it is uh, prevalent fan service or a disturbing amount of it, but I am saying that it is peculiar that the show just doesn't seem to know whether it's trying to appeal to otaku boys or girls. It's, uh, I don't know, it, it's a bit confused in that sense. But all in all, I have to say that I only found five minutes of this show enjoyable. The opening part which we've already discussed in detail, and then the Lucky Channel segments, which come at the end of every episode. Uh, this is essentially a uh, adult child star and her straight character um, going and doing a little intro, hey, we're doing fan feedback, reading mail, and the uh, female character, the adult child star, has a split personality, uh, and uh, one side is all cutesy and trying to play up her past, and the other side is a spiteful old hag sort of personality that resents others who try to upstage her and younger ones and so on and so forth. So I enjoyed this because it contrasted greatly with the other parts of the show. Um, but on the other hand, uh, that was just because it was sudden and unexpected the first time I saw it. By the end of the first DVD, containing episodes 1 through 4, I was expecting it, and therefore it lost a lot of its uh, spark. So the problem, in the end, is while there are enjoyable bits to Lucky Star, even in the main animated part, when on average only five minutes of an episode are enjoyable, and two of those minutes are taken up by the opening animation, you know that something is wrong with the show. So it is in this regard that ASO Radio, or rather NZ17, being that is I, am going to give this show a rating of not recommended. It could be great if all you're looking for is cuteness and a little bit of humor, but if you want something more in a show, you need to look elsewhere. Um, if you're a fan of Azumanga Daio, uh, this show would be perfect for you. Otherwise... You should avoid Lucky Star at all costs.
And now it's time for the anime news. All the anime news that you can use. Our news is provided courtesy of AnimeNewsNetwork.com. First story. Azumi uh, Kitamura to direct the Bataan animation in U.S. and Japan. Wild Boar Media, the development studio co-founded by former GDH International Vice President Eric Calderon, who did Afro Samurai, announced on Tuesday that it is working with director Ryuhei Kitamura, who did Azumi vs. and Godzilla Final Wars, on a 50-minute animated film called Bataan. The film will run exclusively during the 150th anniversary celebration of the Japanese city of Yokohama from April 28th to September 27th. Notorious Films producer Shuji Iwai, uh, Rockwell Eyes Production, Subario Productions, and Studio Titmouse are also involved in the production. According to WBM, the film will be a combination of traditional rotoscope animation with added 2D and 3D effects. The project was developed in Japan, but the actual animation will be supervised by Mark Brooks and produced at Studio Titmouse and the United States. The producers plan to announce the Japanese cast soon. The likelihood of this anime coming out in America, however, remains quite small. Uh, court ruling, Imuzu's uh, house can stay candy cane striped. The Tokyo District Court has ruled that manga artist Kazuo Umezu does not have to change the candy cane-like red and white stripe paint scheme on his Tokyo home. His neighbors had filed a lawsuit against Umezu and claimed that the house was ruining the landscape and the view. The eye-catching home, which is evocative of Umezu's signature red and white coloring, has earned the nickname Makoto-chan House after one of Umezu's more famous works. And good news for Imagi, the bridge funding has arrived for its Astro Boy film. Variety Entertainment trade news source reports that Imagi U.S. President Aaron Colbett uh, has confirmed the arrival of the bridge financing needed to continue production on the studio's computer-animated Astro Boy film. The bridge funds, which keep the company operating until the previously promised funds from private equity firms arrive next Tuesday. The company had to shut down production on the film earlier this week. Variety and Forbes had previously reported funding issues for the Hong Kong-based company in the midst of the global credit crunch, which does not taste good in milk. The Astro Boy film features director David Bowers and scriptwriter Timothy Harris. The cast includes Freddie Highmore in the title role of Astro Boy, Nicolas Cage, Donald Sutherland, Nathan Lane, Bill Nighy, Eugene Levy, Kristen Bell, and Matt Lucas. And yes, it seems that the vampire movies march onward. Uh, Pathé Productions, the British movie studio subsidiary of the leading French media and entertainment company Patha, has announced the release date for the live-action adaptation of Mamoru Oshii and uh, Hiroyuki (laughs) Kitakubo's Blood, the Last Vampire anime. The live-action film, which was the which was first announced over two years ago, is now scheduled to open in British theaters on June 12th. Pathé also lists a June 17th release date for France. Chris Nahan is directing the production and is known for Jet Li's Kiss of the Dragon film. 
The movie of Blood Plus, I mean, Blood the Last Vampire, is based on a screenplay credited to the production IG animes Kenji Kamiyama and Hong Kong's Ronnie Yu. South Korea's Jian Ji-hyun, under the credit name of Gianna Hoon, plays the main character Saya, while Japanese actress Koyuki plays her opponent Onigen. No American release plans for the movie have been officially announced yet. The Korean news website Star News reported last August that Universal Pictures acquired the domestic distribution rights, but the reported 2009 American release date is yet unconfirmed. Mikako-san manga gets simultaneous release in print and on the World Wide Web. Japanese publisher Kodansha has announced that it is launching Machiko Kyo's weekly Mikako-san manga simultaneously in its morning magazine and on its website on Thursday. Not only can fans read the web version without charges, but they can also copy and repost the web version anywhere as long as it's credited, not sold, and not altered. At Kyo's request, Kodansha is releasing the manga under a Creative Commons license, a relatively new form of copyright license that grants its audiences more rights than most other licenses. Such as ASO Radio, which is also released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, share-alike license. Um... Getting back to the story, however, people can freely share the images of the manga as long as they properly attribute the work, offer it only for non-commercial use, and leave it unchanged. The website specifically encourages people to post the manga on their blogs, social networking sites, and elsewhere. The print version appears in this year's ninth issue of Morning Magazines. Kyo's manga work became popular through her online diary, Seno Gaho. This earlier web manga earned jury-recommended work uh, recognitions at the Japan Media Arts Festival Awards in 2006 and 2007 and was printed in book form by Oda Publishing Company. Update! Kodansha previously experimented with web distribution by posting three entire issues of its Morning 2 magazine online late last year. It has also posted all but two titles from the first issues of its Good Afternoon magazine earlier this month. Tokyo Pop says pulled titles are are delayed, not canceled. Tokyo Pop marketing director Marco Pavia has clarified with Manga Blog that almost all of the news solicitations that were listed by Diamond Comic Distributors as canceled by publisher will be rescheduled later. The rescheduled changes come in the aftermath of Tokyo Pop's December layoffs. The one possible exception is the .hack sign manga novel special edition bundle due to some licensing issues. This bundle combines the franchise's first manga and novel volumes, both of which were already published as separate volumes. Tokyo Pop made a similar clarification about cancelled solicitations last summer after its June round of layoffs delayed other books. Helsing's Hirano plans to launch new manga in April. Uh, Kota Hirano has made plans for a new fantasy work after Helsing. The March issue of Shonen Gahosha's Young King R's magazine has announced on Friday that Kota Hirano will launch his new manga series in the June issue, which will ship on April 30th. Hirano ended his most famous work, Helsing, in the same magazine, magazine last September after 11 years. The new work's title has not been announced yet. 
He had originally said on a June 12th blog post last year that he was planning on a fantasy work and a one-shot mystery story set in the early Showa era, after he finishes Helsing. And yes, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. It took us forever to get it in America, and now it just won't die. The latest news says that the official website for the computer-animated Final Fantasy Advent Children feature has begun streaming a trailer in uh, 405 line or 720 line resolutions for the complete edition on Friday. The new edition will contain about 30 minutes of additional footage. A 1080p resolution version of the trailer is also available for free on the online PlayStation Store in Japan. Final Fantasy VII Advent Children Complete will ship in Japan on April 16th on Blu-ray Disc. One version of the Complete Collection will include a Final Fantasy XIII game demo, and another version will contain the demo and a 160GB model of the PlayStation 3 game console. An English subtitle trailer for the Final Fantasy XIII game was posted on the game's official English website last week. Tokyo Pop's Jet... Uh, Tokyo Pop... Toonami's Jetstream video streaming service shuts down. America's Cartoon Network has shut down its Toonami Jetstream video streaming service on Friday, although the Naruto anime series will continue to be streamed on other sites. Upon its closure, the Toonami Jetstream website posted the following message. We greatly appreciate all the fan support for the Toonami Jetstream over the past years. Starting January 30th, Naruto will make its new home on Cartoon Network Video at CartoonNetwork.com. Fans of Mar, Blue Dragon, and other popular Viz Media series previously featured on Toonami Jetstream should check out Viz.com for future updates. Viz Media and Cartoon Network launched the service on July 17, 2006 with both Viz-licensed anime titles and original Cartoon Network programming. It was one of the first efforts by a North American anime distributor to stream entire series for free online. The service was the last vestige of the Toonami brand since the original Toonami programming block ended its 11-year run last September. Last week, Toonami Jetstream replaced its usual rotating slate of programming with the 10 best episodes from every show. By the end, the service had hosted all but 3 episodes of Hikaru no Go, all but 10 episodes of Blue Dragon, and all but 7 of the English dubbed episodes of Zatch Bell, and about a dozen Kiba episodes. Quite sad, the end of an era. Last bit of news! Evangelion one-piece dresses offered in Japan. The Evangelion anime producers have collaborated with Mobile Collection to offer an Evangelion fashion line that includes one-piece dresses inspired by the Ava 01, Ava 00, and Ava 02 weapons. Designed with the input of fashion model Hoshi Aya, each of the nylon outfits can double as a vest of a larger ensemble or as a one-piece dress to be worn by itself. The dress is part of a larger collection for JSG and other shops aimed at the teenagers who frequent the trendy Tokyo Pop shopping district. <laughs> Tokyo Pop again. Oi, they're everywhere. No, those teens who frequent the trendy Tokyo shopping district of Shibuya. The other pieces in the collection include a reversible Nerve Neko Mimi parka in pink or purple, a more conventional seal parka in light gray or black, and a pen pen parka in gray, navy blue, or ivory.
There are also various t-shirts with Rei, Asuka, Nerve, and other iconic images from the anime. Half of the items are available on the online Evangelion shop in Japan, although the rest, including the One Piece dresses, will not be ready until a month or two from now. I have gone and looked at preview images of these uh, fashion pieces, and I have to say that they are almost universally terrible and undoubtedly not worth the price. If you'd want to check them out, feel free. You can find a link at AnimeNewsNetwork.com on their story about the subject. But I have to say that all of these dresses are not very good looking. And I would recommend avoiding them even if you have a lot of money to spend on importing clothes. And that does it for the anime news for this episode of ASO Radio. Be sure to tune in to our next episode for even more news on all the anime and manga news stories worth mentioning. Kiwi Craze was a little-known but greatly loved release for the Nintendo Entertainment System, in which the main character is a Kiwi on a quest to go and rescue all of his kidnapped Kiwi friends who have been abducted by an evil warus. Tiki, the character that you play, um, is able to jump, shoot arrows, and float around on balloons and other uh, various devices to get around in the world, in which each stage he rescues one of the fellow kiwi birds in his attempt to thwart the warus which has kidnapped them all for his zoo. Uh, or some other means. It doesn't really matter. In the end, the game had great character graphics uh, with a very cartoony feel. It had excellent music and sound effects and was a delightfully fun play on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Fast forward to the 2008-2007 era and you have a new release of this game on the Nintendo DS under the original name of the game, uh, New Zealand Story. Unfortunately, however, New Zealand Story Revolution, as this version is called, is not what one would hope for from a re-release. It is not the original version of the game that is so dearly loved by people in America and Europe and Japan, but is instead a remake, of sorts, for the Nintendo DS. This remake doesn't feature the levels of the original game, although it is clearly inspired by them. Uh, so none of the warp zones or layouts that you remember are going to be used, but it is similar enough to be very confusing for old-time fans. Uh, the music is of greater quality as far as the range of sounds goes, but it has lost something in the translation, and the charm of it is gone. As a matter of fact, one of the great strengths of Kiwi Craze back on the NES was the quality of the sound uh, of the music. And this is a more muted, washy, melted candy sort of feeling to the music, and it just doesn't work. 
The graphics have been updated as well. Instead of being flat, uh, flatly colored as they were on the NES, these graphics have a more shaded Super Nintendo-esque styling to them. Um, unfortunately, this makes it hard to tell exactly what you're looking at at times, as the shading has made it difficult to discern the features at a glance of what you are going up against. Uh, further adding to the confusion of this game is that the control scheme is kind of out of whack. The uh, Tiki, the main Kiwi you play as, seems to move about half as fast as in the original game. Uh, unlike the original game, Tiki can actually be hit three times before losing a life, whereas in the original, a single hit would go and spell the end. In this new game, however, you are given three chances before losing a life, uh, and whenever you are hit, you become temporarily invincible, which is nice. However, the invincibility causes the character sprites to go translucent, and so you can see uh, it's difficult to see where the sprite is on the screen. Um, the control scheme is rather funky because mainly the game is played with the directional pad and the face buttons, but occasionally you will encounter a closed door, for example, and at this point you have to stop playing and pick up your stylus and rotate around the handle a few times on the lower screen in order to open up whatever obstacle is in your way. Uh, normally the, uh, the touch screen is used to display a map, um, but during these times it will display whatever special touch feature you're supposed to be interacting with. Now this creates a great big problem because the action on the main screen continues to go on while you're futzing about with the touch screen on the bottom. So in later stages where there's actually other stuff going on instead of your character being isolated from the enemies, you will be uh, repeatedly attacked by said enemies as you attempt to navigate the touch screen's demands, whatever those may be. For example, in a later stage, I was instructed to go and spot the difference between the upper screen's version of the stage and the lower screen's version. In these instances, you're supposed to find the difference and then tap on it with the stylus. Now, this introduces a whole host of features, and by features I mean big problems. When you're searching for this, enemies keep spawning and coming towards you and shooting at you and dropping bombs in your direction, and so your Kiwi character can become quite damaged from all of this as you're attempting to go and spot the difference. The lower screen, while the same size as the upper screen, unfortunately has a border on the inside which prevents you from going and seeing the full area. Now, the first time I encountered this spot the difference, it was in a relatively small area, but the second time was in a lengthy, wide area, and so I had to go quite far over in order to find the difference and touch on it to unlock the warp area to the next zone. This uh, was quite troublesome and took about five minutes to do, and in the meantime I had to go through the whole area, then backtrack halfway through, all the while being attacked by enemies while trying to go and find this minor difference between the screens. So these new additions are woeful at best. Um, 
I believe that this game also includes a multiplayer feature, but I was so unimpressed by the single-player game that I didn't even continue past the first set of four stages. It seems that the classic bosses from the original game were also retained in the New Zealand Story Revolution version. However, these were also uh, quite drastically changed, and I found one of my favorite fights, the Ice Well, to be rendered completely stupid by these changes. So, in conclusion, everything that could have been done wrong with this game is wrong. The only thing that isn't in this game that causes problems is there are no actual programming errors or bugs, or at least ones that I discovered. But with the changed less good graphics, the changed less good music, uh, the so-so eh, sound effects, and the questionable control scheme, this game is quite broken. It showed great promise and I was hoping for something uh, to be excellent out of this series which I love but sadly I was to be disappointed. If this game was supposed to be a new set of stages then perhaps it should have been called New Zealand Story 2 or New Zealand Story Reimagined but a revolution? Well if this is a revolution then you can count me out. New Zealand Story Revolution for the Nintendo DS gets a not recommended. Disgaea. The very name itself goes and conjures up either great memories or a... Huh? Well, let me go and inform you who have not heard of Disgaea. It is a famous strategy RPG series, which first began on the PlayStation 2. This cult hit was released by Atlas, and then later the rights were given back to Nippon Ichi Software's American branch. So, to sum up real quick, Disgaea was developed by Nippon Ichi Software in Japan. It was released by Atlas on the PlayStation 2. And then Nippon Ichi Software, thanks to the fantastic financial success of Disgaea, uh, opened its own American branch called NIS America. NIS America since then has released several titles relating to or within the Disgaea series, including uh, Makai Kingdoms, um, La Pusil, and several others. Now, since Disgaea was a very popular game, it also got a sequel in the form of Disgaea 2 on the PlayStation 2 and Disgaea 3 on the PlayStation 3. Uh, the original Disgaea game received a re-release on the PlayStation 2, and then a few months later got a re-release on the Nintendo DS. And thankfully, every time that Disgaea has been re-released, the new features have been carried over into the next release. Therefore, everything in the PlayStation 2 version is in the PSP version, and all of the PSP editions have been brought over to the Nintendo DS as well. And that is the game that we'll be reviewing for this episode of ASO Radio. That's right, we're reviewing Disgaea DS for the Nintendo DS. Uh, now... Let's begin by describing the game in general. Disgaea is a strategy RPG in which your characters are placed on a grid-like layout uh, formed of several squares. These uh, squares are of varying heights and are represented by a polygonal field in the game. Your characters are all 2D sprites which sit upon this 3D field 
and essentially engage in fights with the enemy characters. Most maps seem to allow you to deploy up to 10 of your characters and bring them into combat against others. Going and using the terrain to your advantage by getting behind or to the sides of enemies to attack them will increase the amount of damage you do, as well as going and being higher up than the enemies when you attack them. Besides for standard things like using items and defending and attacking, your characters also have the ability to use special attacks, which can range from character-specific special attacks to special attacks that are learned based upon your character's class or special attacks that are earned based upon your character's class. Over time, you will acquire greater um, abilities in these special moves, and every enemy you defeat adds up to more experience for your character, which increases their levels and makes them ever stronger, faster, and more durable. This is where the similarities to Disgaea and other strategy RPG games like Final Fantasy Tactics ends, uh, because Disgaea goes to do its own thing. Uh, first of all, the story is a funky fresh style which is both uh, touching and sentimental while at other times hilarious, offbeat, and wacky. Uh, the basic plotline of Disgaea is that the uh, prince of the netherworld has been in slumber for the past two years and upon finally waking up discovers that his father the king has been slain or basically has died over time. Details are revealed about uh, the uh, King Kerchevskoy's fate. Regardless, however, um, Laharl, the Prince of the Netherworld, has discovered that most of his vassals, or servants, have fled the castle, and that there are various people contending for the title of Overlord of the Netherworld, which his father once had. Laharl decides that now is the time to strike fear back into the hearts of those who once served him and those who may now serve him by going out and defeating any who wish to claim the title of Overlord. He is aided on this quest by his loyal, question mark on the loyal, by the way, uh, his loyal vassal Etna, um, who is a fan favorite and is featured in countless bits of fan art on DeviantArt and other places throughout the internet. Along the way and throughout the story, we meet the third character in the main character set of the name Flan, who has been sent from Celestia, a heaven-like realm, to the netherworld in order to assassinate Laharl's father. All of this, of course, ties into a mysterious larger plot involving Etna's past, Laharl's past, and Flan's future, all of which culminate in the ending. Uh, and speaking of endings, Disgaea has tons of them. There is the good ending, the normal ending, two bad endings, and several alternate endings that you can get, all depending on when and where and how you finish the game. Uh, throughout the course of the game, as I mentioned, your characters can level up, but also your characters can be reincarnated through the use of the Senate system. The Senate is uh, where you can get various proposals passed in order to change the game. Are the enemies in the game too easy and you're not getting enough experience from them? Go and petition the Senate to increase the level of the enemies you're facing. 
Do your characters need more accessories to equip to go and give them that edge in combat? You can partition the Senate to allow you to buy eyeglasses, belts, and various other accessories from the Rosen Queen store in the Netherworld. Uh, do you need to go and um, get more expensive, higher quality items from the store because they're just not cutting it for the level that you're fighting at now? Well, then petition the Senate and get them to get you even better weapons. Now, the Senate system is rather interesting because when you're trying to go and get your way, you can either bribe the Senators with items that you've found or purchased, or if they still won't give you their way, you can try to force your will against them by fighting the Senators who do not agree with your proposals. In that sense of bribing and beating Senators, it is just like real life. So there's the Senate system, there's the level up system, there's the reincarnation system where you go and reincarnate your character as a level one character. Why would you want to do this? Well, when you reincarnate your character, they retain all of the skills that they learned as uh, whatever class they were last, as well as any other skills they had learned from previous classes they had been. Ah, yes, that's the beauty of the reincarnation system, is that whenever you reincarnate your character, they retain a percentage of their skill points in various uh, attributes, but they also retain all their skills from the previous class. So you could go and train your character as a healer, and then reincarnate that character as a thief, and then reincarnate that character again as a warrior, and then reincarnate that character again as a mage, and they will be able to retain the skills and magical abilities of each of those classes. Now, granted, you can't go and use, say, sword skills when you're not equipped with a sword, but whenever you are equipped with the proper item, you will be able to use that spell. And non-weapon-based spells, such as healing spells, protection spells, etc., uh, fire, ice, all of those spells can be used regardless of what your character has equipped. Then there's even more depth to this game, in which you can have your characters... Um, uh, team up against a single enemy, either by attacking one at a time and increasing the uh, counter, I mean, the attack bonus. So one character attacks and it's as though the attack was normal. But then when the second character attacks, it lowers the defense of the enemy further. The third, even further. After the fourth, the enemy basically has zero defense against whatever attacks happen and takes a devastating amount of bo uh, damage thanks to the bonus multiplier. Or you can go and have up to four enemies participate in, in an attack all at once. This can be increased by having them all equip the same weapon or taken even higher by having the characters equip no weapons at the same time. Also, all of your characters can petition the Senate at any point to create new um, disciples underneath of them in a master-pupil system. Now, the beautiful part of this is that the experience gained by the pupils is given to the masters, and the masters, when adjacent to the pupils, are able to cast any of the spells that those pupils have, and therefore can learn the spells themselves once they cast the spells enough to get their skill in said spell up to level 1. 
Even more to this is the item world. The item world is a special set of randomly generated dungeons that you go through 10 levels uh, at a time in order to level up the items in the game. You can level up your weapons, you can level up your armors, you can level up your shoes, your glasses, your belts. Any of the various things that you find in the game, including the consumable bits, can be upgraded by going into them courtesy of the item world. Every 10 levels, you get the opportunity to exit the item world, and I highly suggest you do, as healing and saving is a great idea, as you'd hate to get really far into the item world, die, and have to start over from the beginning of that items item world stages. Uh, so there is a ton of chance to customize your characters and do what you will with them. As a matter of fact, you can level up your characters up to level 9,999. This gives them outrageous attacks and abilities, but even so, they there are some bosses in some modes of this game that are so powerful that even a character that is level 9,999 will not be able to kill said character in one hit. It's an incredible game that can be played for seemingly ever, and that's not even getting into the hilarious and touching storyline. Uh, Disgaea actually includes a Etna mode in the DS version. As mentioned before, the DS carries over all of the features from the earlier games, including the new stages that were added for the PSP version. In the DS version, they also added touchscreen controls, and while I prefer to use the directional pad and the face buttons to play the game, I do admit that there was a quite good implementation of the touchscreen functionality in this game. You can use it to rotate and zoom in the map, to go and move your characters about, select attacks, so on and so forth. Although, personally, uh, since this game was made for the PlayStation 2 controller, I found it best just to stick to using the face controls. Uh, but the stylus touchscreen controls do provide for quick and easy access to some things that would otherwise require a button combination to do. Also in this, the character Planarl, who is normally in front of the Senate, will now be a playable character if you talk to her during, during the New Game Plus option. Yes, that's right. After you finish a game of Disgaea, you can select New Game Plus to start the story over from the beginning, but with all of your characters retaining all of their items, skills, and abilities from the previous playthrough. And therefore, you can play through Disgaea as many times as you please, making your characters ever greater and more powerful. And this is a very good thing as the Etna mode, which has been introduced, which allows you to play through a new version of the Disgaea storyline in which Etna accidentally kills Prince Laharl when attempting to wake him up. It is a quite funny version of events, however, if you play it using the New Game Plus option, you will find that the enemies do not start at a low level, but in fact start at level 65, level 80, or even greater depending on circumstances or the level you're playing. So, Etna mode is definitely something not to be approached if you've been leveling up the main character of Laharl only, and you might want to wait until your second or third playthrough before you're really ready to go and take on Etna mode after perhaps spending a little time getting your characters up to speed first. Uh, so, even then, 
There is the additional areas to be unlocked courtesy of the Senate in the game, including the Cave of Ordeals, an alternate netherworld, the human world, and, well, there's a lot of things to look at, including some stuff which ties into other games in the uh, Nippon Ichi software catalog. But going into such details would constitute what I believe are spoilers, so we won't go there. In the end, it took me approximately 46 hours to go and play through the normal um, ending of Disgaea and get from beginning of the story to the end. Um, but I have found this game so excellent that I have actually played about another 20 hours into it and plan to put in several more. What can I say? I want to go and see all of the endings and Etna Mode is providing a hilarious alternative telling of the story. The Nintendo DS extra feature of the printy commentary is also interesting, but as the printy commentary on the top screen of events happening in the story somewhat overlaps the jokes that were told the first time and is done by a different team. The original translation was done by Atlas and the translation of the new materials was done by Nipponichi Software America. They uh, don't mesh perfectly. So I prefer to keep the printy commentaries off, although some of the things that are said in the printy commentaries are quite hilarious. Other things are just dumb or unnecessary. Um, so yes, the touchscreen controls, Planaral is an extra character, um, the printy commentary, all of these extra DS features are great, um, including, and this is perhaps an overlooked uh, thing, but the top screen is actually now a top-down map, which displays the squares that you can and can't move onto, uh, where your characters are, which uh, direction they're facing, and where the enemies are. Uh, this is incredibly useful and a feature which was not present in the original release in the game and is exclusive to the DS version and is frankly a godsend when trying to navigate the uh, more treacherous terrain. Now, you can go and rotate the game's camera to an isometric viewpoint, but you only have four preset angles to choose from. So if you can't see what you're looking for from one of those angles, you're going to be a little bit upset on the PlayStation 2 or PSP version. But on the DS version, thanks to the convenient map on the top screen, you can see where your characters are facing and where the enemies are at any time. Unfortunately, the DS version is not all laughs and giggles. In order to fit the smaller cartridge size on the Nintendo DS and not spend a fortune buying the more expensive cartridges, several sacrifices had to be made. In order to fit the game onto this smaller size compared to a DVD or a PSP UMD, they went and reduced the textures of the... Um, 3D battlefields to a much lower resolution. These sprites also had to be scaled down to fit on the Nintendo DS screen, and as a result, you miss out on the finer details of mouths and uh, other small features, as well as a lessened uh, color palette on said characters in order to reduce the file size of the images. And perhaps the greatest loss of all is in the voice acting. The original Disgaea allowed you to select from either English or Japanese for the dubbing of the characters' voices. In Disgaea DS, they had to go and make a compromise due to file space, 
and therefore you don't have an option of Japanese or English. Instead, they took an interesting approach of doing a combination of both. So while spoken dialogue is always in English, uh, battle cries and such alternate between being uh, either Japanese battle cries or English ones. Now, you won't have the same battle cry in both English and Japanese for the same action. You'll have Japanese for one thing or English for another. But I thought that they did an excellent job on doing this because it combined the cuteness of the uh, female Japanese voice actors, but also with the direction of the English voice battle cries as well. Uh, it would have been great if the game could have been fully voice acted because while battle cries are retained, unfortunately the story scenes dialogue is not. Therefore, the only spoken dialogue in the story scenes is the opening, the title cards for each of the episodes of the game, and then the next episode previews. Now, granted, the next episode previews are hilarious and are usually send-up parodies of anime shows or other Japanese pop culture, um, it would have been better if they had balanced things out and included things such as the Red Moon song, which is supposed to be sung with lyrics, and really loses its impact it, when you don't realize this and you're waiting for the game to continue onwards as a slightly tinny MIDI file plays instead. However, regardless of the cutbacks on the visual quality of the game and the reduced catalog of voiced dialogue, um, this is still a great release. Yes, it's not going to have all the flashy graphics, special effects of the spells of the PlayStation 2 version, but then again, the DS is also a much more limited platform when it concerns the hardware. However, what is lost in these features is also replaced by gains in the DS's unique things. After all, Disgaea is a huge game with tons of room for customization and character um, building, so it's great to have the option of taking this game on the road, and unlike the battery-hungry PSP, which even chews through its rechargeable battery when playing the game off of a memory stick instead of the original disc, the Nintendo DS is famous for having an incredibly long lifespan of about 15 hours on a single charge. Plus, you can always close the unit to put it into sleep mode, in which it saves even more battery and can last you. So if you have a long commute, this game would be absolutely fantastic to play over the course of several months as you take an hour or two to travel every day by train or bus. So, as you can tell, I take this game in high regards, but the lack of certain features to it is certainly disheartening. Um, However, you will not find a better strategy RPG on the DS. Yes, sure, there are original DS strategy tile titles such as Luminous Arc 1 and 2 and Final Fantasy Tactics Advance 2, which is an incredibly long title. Um, however, you are not going to find a more enjoyable strategy RPG on the Nintendo DS, and partly because of this reason, I give Disgaea DS for the Nintendo DS a top recommendation. And if anyone out there is ever looking for some multiplayer mayhem, I will gladly take on your team of characters in Disgaea DS's Wi-Fi mode. So uh, 
if you see LNZ in an anime convention, bring your copy of Disgaea DS, and we'll have my overpowered Laharl go against yours. Well, that concludes another fantastic entry in the ASO Radio series. Episode 124 is now drawing to a close. I'd like to thank all of you for out there for listening to the show. After all, as we say around here, the fans make the show. If you would like to subscribe to ASO Radio and therefore get all of its new episodes as soon as they're published, be sure to subscribe to our podcast version. A podcast is merely a descriptive file which lists all of the MP3s. You can subscribe to our show for free in iTunes by going to the iTunes Music Store and finding ASO Radio there in its listings. You can also go to the ASO Radio website at www.nz17.com forward slash ASO Radio and subscribe from there directly using either the iTunes link or using the RSS link, which you can use to download our show using any podcatcher software that you so choose, such as the Excellent Juice or Gpotter or several others out there. Of course, episodes of ASA Radio are always freely available for download at www.nz17.com slash Radio in MP3 and Og Vorbis format. I encourage you to go there to check up on any past episodes you may have missed. And while you're there, please participate in our poll. The current poll asks, what is your internet connection speed? Merely choose yours from the list and click on the submit or vote button or whatever I have it labeled in order to cast your vote to let us know how fast your connection to the net is. And if you're not sure about how fast it is, please go to speakeasy.net and use the speed test there in order to determine your speed when voting in our poll. Uh, you can also find all of ASO Radio's past reviews to compare the various ratings we've given out to games and anime and manga in the past. If you have any friends that might like to listen to ASO Radio, be sure to recommend that they check out our website or our iTunes listing. And no matter how you listen to ASO Radio, I would like to sincerely thank all of you for tuning in. I know that this episode was a uh, long episode, and, well, what can I say? It's been so long since I've put up an episode of ASO Radio, I figured that I should make this one especially long to go and reward everybody for being patient. Next week on ASO Radio, we're going to have a bunch of new stuff to review. Naturally, we'll be bringing you the latest community news and anime news. In addition to that, we have several additional Nintendo DS reviews lined up for our hotspot, including things like Hotel Dusk and whatnot. I haven't quite determined what we're going to review on next week's episode of ASO Radio, but I'm looking at reviewing Teresa for the Nintendo DS, which is a um, horror first-person adventure-style game. Um, And perhaps I will be looking at reviewing one of the Phoenix Wright games. I've uh, played through the first game and the third game, and so I might be actually reviewing both of those together on the next episode. It would go well as a set, since all of those are um, Japanese adventure titles. As far as anime shows go, uh, next episode we are going to review Bleach, Memories of Nobody, which is the first Bleach movie to see release. Um, We're also going to be reviewing uh, Sailor Victory, uh, 
which uh, is connected to the graduation and marriage releases. And, oh, I don't know, I think we just might slip a little something extra in as well, so we'll have a total of three anime reviews on the next episode. But don't worry, no matter how much we do, it's all going to be top quality material. So, from all of us here at ASO Radio and NZ17 Productions, uh, we extend a hearty thank you for listening. We encourage you to join us next time on ASO Radio. So, for ASO Radio, episode 124, this is NZ17, signing out. <laughs>